Genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one, I don't, I don't even know what this is, at a time. <laughs> I'm just stretching, Cassandra just stretching. Patterson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And joining us for uh, the final day this week is Bob Kester from Immunities and Tasha Robinson from TheVerge.com. Hello. Hello. Hi, guys. So today we're going to be talking about Minute 70 which starts with Mary saying, there it is again, about the uh, weird groaning sound in the distance, and ends with Mary looking offended. (laughs) (laughs) Offended and very accusatory. Yeah. It's just, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) You're not where I left you. I guess. I hate this minute, guys. I hate it a lot. I hate everything about okay. it. Everything. Everything. Okay. I'm sorry that we subjected you to this <laughs> No, no. If there's if there's anything I've discovered about podcasting, it's that uh, like disagreements and dislike make much more interesting conversations than if everybody's mm-hmm. on board and everybody thinks, "Yeah, this is pretty okay." Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's so let's start with the fact that we're transitioning directly from like a life or death situation and like the dissolution of this incredibly close emotional relationship directly into burp jokes. <laughs> <laughs> like literally we're standing here watching Pippin like drink and draft and burp and suddenly we're in you, you speak treeish. <laughs> what the hell does that even mean to begin with? Well, I think that's why we're having the, the mysterious tree noises off in the distance because that you know that's introducing it to what reintroducing us to the idea of treeish, I guess, the tree okay. noises. But the whole there's there's weird things going on in the distance thing does not pay off. Period. Like it just doesn't really have a payoff. Mm-hmm. So like that part of it is unnecessary, and then we've got the belching, and then we've got the weird back and forth between these guys over it, and then we've got the fact that Pippin is just standing there. Okay, so Bob was explaining to me before the the taping that there are two versions of the Yet draft, like one for nourishment, and what was the other one for? Uh, I closed that screen. Uh, refreshment. Refreshment. So that explains why Pippin has like a flat plate of water and a big tub of water, but without any kind of context, it's just like he's he loves this this water so much he needs two whole containers to drink it, and he's just standing by the waterfall hugging a couple of rocks full of water. Like I have no idea what's going on in this scene. Speaking of the rocks, the what what. Uh, Pippin is drinking out of when they did the design for this originally the person came back with wooden bowls (laughs) (laughs) oh that's great his name the guy in charge of him was just like no that'd be like drinking something out of your mother's skull (laughs) (laughs) of course this does raise the question of who among the ants is sitting around carving gigantic thimbles out of rocks. Actually, it'd be better if they were orc skulls. Uh, <laughs> That'd be some, some turnabout. 
You know, as That'd be badass. That would be badass. <laughs> as many hilarious or comics like, have come. Urukai helmets and it's, stuff. It's really hard to drink out of a skull. It's full of holes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it just looks cool. It doesn't. You yes. pour your drink into it, and it spills on your lap. Mm-hmm. There's nothing cool yeah. about that. You stop it up with sparrows. Well, you have to fill the eyes in and, like, you know, do the, the filigree thing and, like, fill it in, like, with leaded yeah, glass. Yeah, that's, like, too involved. Like, then you have, like, a wine glass made out of your enemy's skull, and that's badass. I drink out of my enemy's skull, like, fresh off the battle. <laughs> <laughs> that well, that's just full of brains. <laughs> <laughs> so you're basically and cerebral smarter. fluid. You're trying to drink <laughs> a spine at that point. <laughs> All that cerebral fluid. Mm, ew, delicious. Ew, ew. It's brain food. It's so, thick and warm. So, ew. Um, so what What exactly is the... It, it's water, right? It's just magical water. I love the uh, the one wiki to rule them all or whatever it's called. Like, says that it contains river water and possibly something else. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's a, they're, they're sticking with the scientific method on that one. So. That's funny. And, Possibly, <laughs> it's just it's just pure, untouched water from deep inside Middle Earth. So it's still so like it's still perfect and pure, like the the first springs the elves encountered. That's the way That's I always. Come Maybe to the this. two kinds are just that it's been aged different lengths of time or something like that. Once it's been taken out. <laughs> uh, so somebody left the giant stone thimble just sitting around. It's just, <laughs> it's just been sitting there for a thousand years, becoming more nourishing. Yeah. I, I, I certainly th- not covered in mold, <laughs> <laughs> algae, yeah. moss. I mean, I like as far as I'm concerned, what's in those things is whatever is in uh, Alice in Wonderland's little drink me jugs. Like one uh, one end yeah. draft makes you taller, and one end draft makes you small, and the river that's flowing by doesn't do anything at all. Like I'm, I'm hearing <laughs> Jefferson Airplane throughout this scene. Go ask Treebeard. Yeah. <laughs> Treebeard is leaned on like a giant mushroom, <laughs> smoking a pipe. He wouldn't be smoking though. No, he wouldn't. That'd be it's weird. True. Maybe a tree, a tree person smoking something. Smoking plant matter. Maybe like, yeah. it's a water pipe. Maybe he spoke smoking rock. <laughs> I don't think Treebeard would appreciate all this talk of uh, smoking pipe. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that would be a little like us smoking hair. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Making gross Ew. biological comparisons, and you know how bad burning hair smells. Mm. Almost as bad as old Toby. Right? Every, everyone knows Pip. I'm the tall one. And you're the short one. <laughs> you're the short one. It's like yeah. It's like there's stories told about you too. <laughs> It's like the Laurel and Hardy or something. Or no, Abbott and Costello, I guess, would be better. It reminds yeah, because Laurel and Hardy is the fat one and the skinny yeah, one. exactly. Yeah, Abbott and Costello would be better. Well, I mean, it reminds me of kind of apocryphal stories about the Beatles and, uh, you know, various Beatles being upset when they found out, well, you know, your job is to be the stupid one. Your job <laughs> is to be the fat one. Mm-hmm. I'm the young the stupid one. one. Is that Ringo? <laughs> Aw. He's the lovable one. I mean... One of my favorite Beatles songs is one that Ringo wrote, so. Just Octopus's Garden. Oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah. I love that song. It's I was very charming. Guess. It's way more charming than uh, listening to Hobbit belches, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, this makes me laugh, but I like toilet humor, so. I mean, it's burping. It's... How much burping do you do in the toilet? <laughs> I 
The, uh, I mean, it does tie into some sort of... <laughs> I like how they just let that one go. Yeah, I'm just going to try to move in. us away from that. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it does tie into, like, you know, I guess a sort of masculine, like, you know, not wanting to become any shorter, you know, people to be, yeah. you know, to lose your relative height thing. There was a, a fun moment in an episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, actually, where, like, three of the crew people get shrunk smaller and, you know, shrunk to, like, very small, and then they get restored to their former size and everybody else pretends that they're not quite as tall as they used to be like just as a practical <laughs> joke and they're like oh yeah you just that's that's good and they just do it to the it was like it's like o'brien bashir and dax you know so two guys and a girl oh, of and course they just, it's o'brien oh yeah of course everything bad happens to him and they just do it to o'brien and bashir they don't even think about doing it to dax because she would not fall for it she would kill think. them yeah <laughs> She would go find find something to measure herself, realize they were lying, and then have them all court-martialed, <laughs> murdered, or whatever it is. That's cool, do. but she's not like evil. Uh, maybe. But this is not. No, she would. She podcast. would get them back somehow. Is what she would do. She would come up with her own practical joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it was like Kira or something, then she would bite their heads off. But... Yeah. I know that there's a little bit of a competitive edge between these two guys and kind of has been from the start. But at the same time... They're the youngest ones. Yeah. But at the same time, they've got to be aware, like, you take a hobbit and you make him, like, six inches taller, he's not going to fit into his house anymore. (laughs) And you're not going to be able to make that house bigger. That house is, like, built into the side of a a berm. He's gotten too big for his berm, says old Toby. you ask me (laughs) (laughs) who's saying that is that old toby oh yeah that's old toby well oh no it's somebody quoting old toby Mm, sure (laughs) it's the gaffer it's the gaffer quoting old toby again (laughs) i mean it's called old toby because it's named after the dude that developed the strand oh sure well okay so for the 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 height thing um isn't aren't the the tooks already tall like they're already, tall. Yeah, they're already taller than other hobbits. Yeah, because yeah. their average adult like the height is like three feet, right? So by being three six, he's already, uh, you know, good. Yeah, being ten percent bigger. Three, yeah, the brandy bucks and the tooks because they're from different stock of hobbits in general. Like they're slightly taller, but they're not that much taller than Frodo. I mean, in the movie, no. And Frodo's okay. like partly took, or no, he's partly yeah. brandy buck. That's right. Bilbo's partly took. Right? Something like yeah. That. Yeah. They're all related. I mean, yeah, they're all related. There's the whole business at the end of the Rankin Bass uh, Return of the King where Gandalf kind of explains that the hobbits are getting taller over time and that, you know, Merry and Pippin are taller than Frodo and Sam and so forth. And he makes the point that basically hobbitness is slowly going out of the world and they're just going to grow into humans. And I always considered that like a little tragic and a little mystical at the same time. Like it was, it was a kind of a sad. I thought it was thing. supposed to be more of a hopeful thing. It's like you know, maybe you are a hobbit and you just don't know it, sort of thing. Do your do your feet need shaving? Maybe you should do that. <laughs> Some people probably do need to shave their feet. Oh. <laughs> By the way, their their hairy feet in this uh, these two minutes are just so prominent, <laughs> and they look so goofy to me. I think the hairy feet are intended to look a little goofy most of the time. <laughs> it's endearing. Yeah, there's only so many ways to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. But sometimes when they have to climb on things, their feet aren't as big as they're supposed to be. 
Yeah, because if they're wearing like the, the weird they're wearing flippers, clown shoes, <laughs> yeah, hairy clown shoes. <laughs> oh my god! When you put it that way, that's like horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can make it more horrifying. Hairy, oh, no. flesh-colored, rubbery clown shoes. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> With toes. With All right, toes. happy Friday, everybody. Oh, uh. my God. I mean, have you seen people walking around outdoors in those toe shoes? <laughs> I mean, they basically mm-hmm. look like slippers, except they conform to your individual toes, and they look so weird. Yeah. It's like that, except the color And they're not actually good for you? <laughs> yeah. It's been a while since I've seen someone in them. There's a flesh-colored hairy clown at the bottom of that grotto. It's like, it's like Pennywise. <laughs> Wait, is that what Mary is looking off screen to see? Is a, a flesh-colored floppy clown covered in hair? It's, it's just no Pennywise. Here, no, no. <laughs> I'm just going to assume for the rest of this movie that off screen, just off camera at all times, is a big floppy flesh-colored clown covered in hair. It explains everything. Oh, please don't. <laughs> you can't stop me. And he's got a big flesh-colored balloon. That's no. oh. 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 Also with hair on top. <laughs> and it smells like old Toby. Well, he, he inflated it. So. <laughs> old Toby inflated it? Yeah. That way he could breathe a little better. Oh, my God. I'm sure that there's a specific innuendo in there somewhere about, you know, inflating the old hair balloon. But Please don't. I don't even know what that refers to. To refer to, to return to my earlier refrain. Please don't. <laughs> to return to my earlier refrain. Yeah, can't stop me. <laughs> You're the one that pulled me out of this podcast. It's your fault. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I've always liked the whole end draft thing, just because I like the idea that these two are changed physically by their journey, and Sam and Frodo are more changed. Like, well, Frodo loses a finger. Yeah, <laughs> but that's less. I mean, that's I don't know that that's less dramatic. What? <laughs> It happens at the climax of the movie. <laughs> I think he means like going forward, it's less dramatic. Okay. It's like a less dramatic change, like okay. losing a finger versus growing four inches. Yeah. One of these things is probably considerably more obvious to your friends and family from a distance. That's true. I did. How do their clothes fit? I don't know. After they the- wear shorts anyway. That's true. I do kind of like the effect of like the slip growing an inch taller effect, you know. I, th- I don't know if they had him on a little like raising platform or something like that. They, like... they just let him stand up straight <laughs> for the first time. In yeah, the they probably did this real low tech. <laughs> I mean, you I... just slouch a little bit and then just like stretch, <laughs> stretch. I do think it's interesting that like Mary and Pippin are introduced as such a unit. Like they seem more or less like identical. They seem like a pair of puppies from the same litter. And they're the they're the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Yeah, <laughs> but then, as time passes, they differentiate themselves from each other in increasingly interesting ways. And I I think the one interesting thing that's going on in this minute is them kind of pulling apart from each other even more. And then, like in the next minute, they're just straight back to being like puppies wrestling with each other again. But in all of these little moments, you can see how, like, Mary is the more serious, concerned adult one and Pippin is still kind of, like, clinging to his childishness. And it's a real tragedy when Pippin kind of catches up with Mary a little bit and, like, loses some of that clownishness in youth. Mm -hmm. 
It's having to sit through that meal with Denethor. <laughs> it really is. Although, I mean, that, you know, childlike clownishness was constantly almost getting everybody else killed. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, and then it almost got himself killed. <laughs> and then he had to grow up. Or get himself killed by Gandalf. <laughs> I think I I like this scene in like quote air quotes because I to me there isn't enough Mary and Pippin. Mm. So I'm kind of like grasping at what they're giving me, basically. <laughs> because this scene is like very silly. Like Yeah, but they're inherently on, like, silly. On like dumb. Like <laughs> There's something inherently silly about the hobbits. Yeah. In yeah. general. But I, I like that like I don't know. Like, whimsical is the word I would use for hobbits. This is just, like, silly. Mm. There's a difference in my brain. I don't know if that makes sense. That, that makes sense, sense to me. Whim- yeah. Silly and whimsy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think for that reason, I like it pretty well, except, you know, except for where it's going to go from here, which seemed like silly, like, Eddie... Sort of, because, you know, even if you're watching this for the first time, you're pretty sure Mary and Pippin are not going to die right here. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Peter Jackson just throws 180 at us. And, and like, this isn't even the first time that this has happened in this movie. Yeah. Right, where they make you think that Mary and Pippin might die. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> Maybe that's another reason they like, cut this. Like, less than an hour ago. It's like there's enough peril in this freaking book, you know? And, like, he cuts Sheila out of the book, you know? And yet, you know, he puts in stuff like this. I don't know. There's also, like, the music is pretty consistently telling us that this is not a serious scene and they're not going to die. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. guess it's to show that the trees are dangerous since we didn't get the... The Tom Bombadil, but yeah, but yeah, we already had like you know Fangorn threatening to kill them a bunch of times. So I don't know. I guess it's more like we get the 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 menace of the trees more with Gimli mm-hmm. a couple right. of weeks ago. This horrid, dark, tree infested, charming, yeah. <laughs> quite charming. <laughs> yeah, I do love the so term now, tree infested. <laughs> like to I don't know. I guess to hobbits, like trees are. But even even the Shire is like suspicious of the old forest, so it's true. I don't know because it's old. Yeah, it's true. And trees would too. be like enormous to hobbits. It's like like their fear of dogs. You know, it's like yeah, and the Shire is so domesticated. I mean, the Shire also feels old, but it feels like it's been tamed for a very long time. Like it's mm-hmm. full of like little predictable gardens and like little controlled areas of greenery and. Uh, little like well-made pads it all feels like it's been planned and held in stasis for a very long time right and then the the forest around the shire is just like this awful menacing ancient place mm-hmm. maybe that's why right. it happens to him. and then the barrow downs are on the border of the shire <laughs> <laughs> i guess it all of zombies how the shire has been like overlooked all this time <laughs> right yeah sort of ringed by like, like terrible pe- traps it's very difficult to get there yeah. right, like how does anyone... Why would anyone leave Bree? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is why hobbits are so small, is they just, they've just they instinctively just been hunkered down because of all of the threats for, like, centuries. And as soon as they get out of the Shire, they just start, like, standing up, and suddenly they're, like, six feet tall. What do they call it? Like, island dwarfism <laughs> or something like that? Or, like, things... Like, species that are, like, you know, cut off on... Like places without a lot of resources will just they'll get smaller and smaller and smaller. You're not really explaining Galapagos tortoises very well here. It's not a universal thing. That it's something is, that that is an outlier. It should not have counted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
This is this is how Merry and Pippin get big. They become the tallest hobbits in history. Yeah, but it's like very silly. Yeah, it is very silly. They're gonna drink some magic water normally reserved for making trees grow. <laughs> they should be sprouting like twigs or leaves or something. Yeah, that would just get uh, sillier. Yeah. Wow. But like, if you're gonna go silly, like commit, like all out. <laughs> then suddenly we're no. in their Pinocchio. hair becomes grass <laughs> or. Uh, Annihilation. I haven't seen that yet, but I really want to. It's really good. <laughs> Not to raise your expectations too high or anything like that, but it's really good. I really like horror movies and sci-fi movies, so mostly like sci-fi when it's mixed with another genre, not pure sci-fi. I gotcha. Yeah, it's very sci-fi. I mean, in a way, a lot of films aren't, you know, because you usually get a lot of sci-fi action or sci-fi fantasy. Well. I don't know if we want to talk more about this minute. So we like to ask our guests um, when they're on for the first time uh, their experience with Lord of the Rings, like either the movies or the books. And um, I don't know. Yeah. Just like your your background with the story. Yeah. Go nuts. Uh, With the story. I mean, I grew up. I probably watched the... uh the animated Hobbit and the animated the Bakshi animated Lord of the Rings a bunch of like every chance I could get like you know I would like rent it from like our video store over and over again until my parents eventually bought it for me and uh, <laughs> and then you know and I would read the books and I would actually you know and but I would still basically see it those ways so like you know that was like really really big for me and then eventually like I found out about the Silmarillion and I was like oh my god mm-hmm. So that's like, that's what I was like when I found out the Silmarillion existed. I was like, "There's more." Yeah. <laughs> and then when these films came along, I was a little suspicious. Like each film really had to like sort of win me over. And it's weird because like you know they you know, you know they wouldn't cut out as much stuff as like the previous versions had, but they would cut out different stuff. You know, and so I would just, but like there would always be some moment. Like in this one, it was probably the Gollum like uh, tackles. Frodo and Sam moment, you know, where I was like, okay, this film is really all right. <laughs> you know, it's really getting some things that the other versions didn't. Mm. That's interesting that it was like that moment, like over an hour into the movie, you're just like sitting there with your arms crossed. And it's like, oh, okay, we're good. <laughs> grumble, grumble, grumble. Grumble? Grumble is a great word. <laughs> It's true. I mean, maybe it was just I was doing something really new at that moment. And, you know, and it was just Mm. such a great just genre moment. Just like, you know. Yeah. Like a new interpretation that you hadn't seen before. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I gotcha. And the... What about you? Like the old, the other, uh, I mean, other parts of it I thought were kind of silly. Like there's the whole, like, I mean, you guys have discussed it, you know, at length already, but, you know, like, when Eric Aaron's doing, like, the CSI thing, you know, like... Yes, yes. Which actually gave me flashbacks more than anything to the movie um, uh, Boondock Saints, where Willem Dafoe is constantly doing that. He's, like, walking around, he's like, okay, and then there was a firefight! (laughs) Oh, man. The first time is the best one, because Bob Marley's just, like... It's, it's like crushed by some huge freaking guy. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we've got some kind of serial crusher here. <laughs> uh, Willem Dafoe's so good in that movie. Oh, oh yeah. Willem Dafoe is good in most things. That's oh, true. Yeah. I just saw him really good in something else. I've forgotten it already. I saw an image of him from a movie as a young actor, and I was just like, what? <laughs> was it Streets of Fire by any chance? Yes, it was. He's a leather daddy biker in that. Yeah. 
It's wow. a musical. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I saw an image. I saw some images from it. And I was like, what the hell is this? I have to see this. <laughs> it, it's pretty amazing. There's a badass character played by Rick Moranis. What? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Bob, you're probably thinking of uh, the Florida Project, which he was in. And oh, it was sure. just spectacular in from last year. Could well be. Mm. Mm. But just in terms of seeing him in something really recent. That yeah, I feel like it was something with. since then, but that'll that'll serve, certainly. <laughs> Basically, there's a new Willem Dafoe <laughs> roughly every 15 minutes, <laughs> so it's hard to keep up. Actually, what it was was uh, I rewatched some of Spider-Man because I've been listening to the uh, oh, sure. Spider-Man podcast on Dueling Genre Productions, and uh, he's, he's really good in that, too. <laughs> he's got, like, a crazy, like, Gollum moment in that. <laughs> Willem Dafoe's just good at crazy. Sure. Yeah, I guess he's, so. he's, his face looks really menacing even if he's not necessarily trying so he's just good at unhinged yeah that's probably what's great about him in Florida Project yeah is because you know he's like in this very grounded situation but he's still totally willing, willing to uh, yeah. mm. Let's see what about what about you Tasha what is your like experience with either the books or the movies or story. I mean, I grew up on the Rankin-Bass version of The Hobbit, which I also watched over and over, and I seized on the book and read it over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I never really graduated onto Lord of the Rings. Like, I didn't see... I don't think I saw the Bakshi version until I met Bob and found out it was one of his favorite films, and he showed it to me. Um, in fact, I think he introduced me to just Ralph Bakshi as a concept in general. And then I didn't, I still never really went on and read the books. Like as a kid, I kept picking up Return of the King because it's got all of the drama in it, like at the end where they're captured by the orcs and things get really hairy for them. And you know, then the, the big climax, I would read those parts over and over. And then I would try to back up and read the whole book or the whole series and just get completely bogged down in kind of like the politics and the environment of it. And I didn't actually read Fellowship until the Jackson movie came out. Um, and I saw these movies, each of them in turn, with my family. Uh, like, Bob and I live in Chicago, but my family lives in the D.C. area. And we would go to a fancy theater in D.C. Uh, over Christmas break to see them together on the biggest mm-hmm. screen possible. So, you know, that was nice. But I still, I, to this day... My experience of the Cimmerillion consists entirely of Bob telling me stories from it, like on road trips. <laughs> so I mean, that's awesome. Compared to your uh, your your Bob types and your Stephen Colbert types and your James Franco types, I feel like very not up on Lord of the Rings trivia. <laughs> but I have had weird and random experiences with uh, people from Lord of the Rings over the years. The one that Bob was really, I, I, he had to remind me of this too. The one that he really wanted me to talk about was um, I have been a film writer for 20 years now. And back in the day in the AV club, I used to do a lot of in-person interviews with really, really famous people. And I don't get starstruck at all, but I had an interview with Viggo Mortensen. And when people that I knew found out that I was going to go to a hotel room and spend like 20 minutes in his presence, 
people flipped out like all of the all of the all of the women of my acquaintance were like do you need somebody to carry your bag do you need somebody to come hold your camera like what's so funny (laughs) what could i do to get in that room and i was oblivious to it i was like yeah he's what he's the guy from the little drinks movies whatever but it was a weird situation where listening to people get drooly and excited about the fact that i was going to talk to him kind of made me intimidated about meeting him in a way that I hadn't been before. So I went to this room, you know, he was in town on tour as as people do with these movies. Like uh, the publicist had installed him in an interview room in a hotel and they just mm-hmm. churned journalists through all day. And this was like for Hidalgo probably? Yeah, this was when Hidalgo came out, <laughs> which was okay. just after the Lord of the Rings uh, movies concluded. So I walk into this room with him and he stands up and first of all one of the the first things that you always encounter when you're interviewing really famous movie stars in real life is you walk into a room with them and you think my god you're small <laughs> like you know instinctively that they're not 20 feet tall but you walk into a room with them and it is amazing i'm not a i'm like 58 it is amazing to me how often i walk into a room with famous movie star famous male movie stars and find out that they're the same height I am. (laughs) So I walked in the room with him and my first thought is, my God, you're a small man. And then he he says, you know, I'm hungry. And he goes and rummages around in the mini bar and he pulls out this bear shaped glass container of gummy bears. And he says, you want some gummy bears? Oh my God. (laughs) I don't care about, I don't like gummy bears. And I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm fine. And he's like, are you sure? And I think <laughs> I don't care about gummy bears. I do care about being able to tell the story about being fed gummy bears by Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> so I'm like, sure, I'll take some gummy bears. He walks over to me. He opens the container. He reaches out and takes my hand and starts pouring gummy bears into my upturned hand. <laughs> and the entire time I'm thinking, I don't care about gummy bears and I don't care that much about Vigo Mortensen. <laughs> But I can't wait to tell everybody this story. Oh, my God. <laughs> and in fact, I pocketed those gummy bears and handed them out to some of the women who freaked out. <laughs> uh, so I enjoyed the interview a lot, but uh, I also enjoyed being the dispenser of Vigo Mortensen gummy bears. Oh, my God. God bless you. That's amazing. Bears that he may have touched but didn't. <laughs> Yeah. I was also, two weekends ago, I was at South by Southwest at Westworld. Uh, They they created, HBO and this uh, marketing company created a real life Westworld that was a rebuilt ghost town with 60 actors playing hosts, you know, robots, um, walking around in character as if they were in the Old West. And we were given cowboy hats and allowed to just roam around freely in this environment where this complicated story was being told and there were all of these interactive things to do and clues about the next season to find. And Elijah Wood showed up and was just walking around in a black cowboy hat trying to enjoy the experience like everybody else. And he very quickly got mobbed. Aww. And like I, I tried to stay away from him because I was it's like, you know, stars should have should be able to have this experience too. But people started following him around, and the sheriff came after him. And I'm 
not entirely sure whether he came after him for something he'd done. Like there was a whole deal going on where as you came in, they'd shoot a picture of you and then they'd make a wanted poster out of you and they would post a handful of them on the sheriff's office. And if you turned in somebody whose picture was on the wall, they would give you a gold coin, which was a drink token for the bars. So I'm walking around and Elijah Wood is walking around and I see him disappear behind a building and then come out just running full tilt like crazy with the sheriff running after him screaming, dang you, Elijah Wood. No wonder we got your face up on the sheriff's wall at the wanted station. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> but a minute later, he turns up in a different part of the park and again, a bunch of people following him. So the staff kind of bundled him into the barber shop and closed the door and called security. Because at this point, they were like, 30 or 40 people following him and I happened to be right by the window and I listened to them play out this in-character conversation about you know you're you're a no-good varmint you shouldn't be in this town so they basically made plans to carefully escort him out so he wouldn't cause too much of a disturbance but the sheriff came out from castigating Elijah Wood for being a no down a no no a low down no good varmint <laughs> And I asked the sheriff, what's he accused of? And he turns and looks me in the eye and says, well, I hear tell he stole somebody's ring. (laughs) So that's my Elijah Wood at Westworld story. That's amazing. (laughs) I remember reading about that on uh, some website somewhere. Not too long ago. The Westworld thing? Yeah, the Westworld thing. Oh, I might have shared it out on Twitter. I I think I shared her article about it out on Twitter, probably. Mm. So you guys might have caught it there. I mean, I, a lot of people saw him there. There was definitely a, a fair bit of, oh my God, what's Elijah Wood doing wandering <laughs> around this thing? Mm-hmm. Or maybe even the Listener Society. I'm gonna put it there. That's, That's so really funny. funny. <laughs> he stole the ring. <laughs> <laughs> right? As, as an improv, that was a really, a really pretty, a pretty good line. That's awesome. That's he also is a very small man. <laughs> but it's less Elijah surprising, Wood? I yeah. suppose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I'm not really surprised by it's like, you know, Tom Cruise is a very tiny person. I, I can't get over your gummy bear story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. That's amazing. It's like, can't you just do Just Viggo scene? Mortensen has steely blue eyes. He just turns and looks at you and you want some gummy bears? Oh my God. Can't you so see that sort craggy. of impish version of his face with like the raised eyebrows like as he does it? <laughs> like even back just, then he was are a very sure? craggy man. Oh my God. I would die. I would just straight up die. <laughs> if, if Viggo Mortensen looked at you with his steely blue eyes and was like, you want some gummy bears? I would just, like, ascend to a <laughs> Go to Valinor. Yeah. And be like, you'd, like, you'd, like, freak out and you'd be like, was that a no? <laughs> I've no, experienced so much. Out. It is though I've lived for a thousand years. I'm just going to Valinor now with my handful of gummy bears. <laughs> You've passed out of thought and time. <laughs> <laughs> and into the gummy bear realm. Oh my god. Just cue I... the gummy bears Disney cartoon theme song. No, I'm with you. I, I don't even like gummy bears, but like, that's a hell of a story. That's wonderful. <laughs> that's pretty great. I wonder, does that make you wonder how many other journalists he was just like, maybe he's just messing with people all day. He's like, I want some gummy bears. <laughs> like, why did he have that? <laughs> I mean, well, he pulled it out of the mini bar. Like, it's not like he was walking around with a glass bear full of gummy bears. <laughs> but it is possible. Not, like, 
that the next six uh, journalists through that suite also got a handful of gummy bears and just, I'm the only idiot that was impressed enough to know the story. <laughs> or, you know, one got M&Ms, you know, one got... <laughs> right, I can imagine, like, if I was a big star, I think I would mess with journalists like that and they get them to interview. Like, whatever. Oh my gosh. Why not? Give them a story other than just the interview. Make <laughs> <laughs> an experience. <laughs> Oh you my know. god! Uh, I recently... You can't like go have fun like a normal person. You gotta <laughs> just have fun with the people that interact with you. <laughs> I recently interviewed uh, Harrison Ford for something that he was doing. Uh, meeting him in person was very intimidating because he he really hates journalists. He really hates <laughs> the interview process. But we had a an entirely civil conversation, and it was it was a decent interview. Later, I come to find out that somebody that I know very well from the Chicago Film Critics Association hates him and refuses to interview him because years <laughs> ago he did an interview with him and he asked, how did you get that scar on your chin? Which, you know, Harrison Ford has a very prominent scar on his chin. Mm-hmm. And I believe he got in a car accident as a teenager, but he told this journalist this yarn about how it was a fencing accident from high school or maybe from college where the the tip of the uh, foil broke and like tore through his face and while he was fighting this guy that he hated and this whole big yarn and the guy printed it oh my gosh he didn't he didn't do the research he was just like okay you've told me the story it must be true and years later he was still angry he felt very betrayed by Harrison Ford (laughs) I'm really afraid that if I was in that situation I would do that too I would just make crap up all the time (laughs) I would I would just I would tell tell journalists just nonsense (laughs) if it wasn't related directly to like the movie I was in and I was doing the promotion for and they asked me something about my personal life different answer every time oh, yeah man. especially if it's something they could easily ascertain for themselves you know but like i shouldn't have bothered asking <laughs> i don't see why not like different answer every time it adds mystique to your public persona yes you become the joker from the killing joke basically <laughs> or yes. you become unfortunately you become tommy wiseau mm. <laughs> isn't it supposed to be doesn't he claim it's supposed to be like we so <laughs> but everyone know. says but every sense says Tommy Wiseau. He's he's like an eldritch being. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. I I still like. I can't. I'm not convinced he's real. <laughs> I can't wrap my head around just his existence. Nobody can. He's butter spread over too much bread. Yeah. Just does he exist? Is he real? They made a movie about him. <laughs> yeah, but Mystery they made a movie in about. Enigma. Lord they made a, they made a movie about him making a movie, and then he showed up at the premiere. Yeah. Are you saying they made a movie of Lord of the Rings and that's that's not real? Yeah. No. Wait, are you trying real. to tell me hobbits aren't real? Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, <laughs> I broke your heart. <laughs> this is the sort of thing that comes out in the minute-by-minute format sometimes. Spoilers, oh! I guess. <laughs> Spoilers, it's just a movie. <laughs> Why did and I come on this podcast that I, I didn't know it would take my innocence from me? Oh, no. <laughs> Don't make me feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) Don't feel bad. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, that was a lot of fun. Uh, It's been a great week. Yeah. You guys are awesome guests. Thank you so much for chatting with us. Oh, I've enjoyed this a lot. Thank you. It's been delightful. Awesome. And a chance to revisit long forgotten stories. (laughs) Yeah. This should not be forgotten. That's my favorite part about guests coming on if they haven't seen it in a while and they're just like, yeah, this is this is like a good time. So 
Mission accomplished, I guess. Except for this one minute that you hated. But yeah, we, got yeah. to, we got to hear a story about Viggo Mortensen and some gummy bears. I, oh my God, I can't. Holy crap. Um, I'm, just, I'm really just imagining like this in my brain. Like, him taking your hand and like holding it very gingerly and just pouring gummy bears in until you tell him to stop. <laughs> just like looking you in the eyes and just tipping the gummy bear glass over. There's like a fan blowing his hair. Yeah. <laughs> he probably, did he have short hair at that time? Uh, he had fairly short hair. Like it was In Hidalgo, he wears a wig, right? Uh, or does he boy, have short hair in No, I think he has short hair because he's a cowboy. I think he had sh- he definitely didn't have the Aragorn hair when I met him. Mm. Like it was it was short naturally. It was like a, a hairstyle that a normal person would have on you the street. Know, I, can't remember, <laughs> I can't remember a single thing from that movie other than <laughs> Aragorn rides a horse. <laughs> <laughs> You don't remember the gummy like, bears from the movie? I've never actually, I've never actually seen that movie, and I'm trying to imagine, like, remember everything I've seen from like the trailers or like the movie posters when it came out, and I'm just like, it's just Aragorn rides a horse. I don't know what this. I know this movie is about a real. I know it's about a real race. <laughs> that was the I original uh, title of the movie, actually. Aragorn rides a horse. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you would, you would have sold Aragorn movies. Aragorn you would have sold a million army. tickets at least. Aragorn rides a horse. Ten million women will go see that movie. Everyone rides a horse. Everyone pilots a, a giant robot. Everyone yeah. rides a bicycle. Everyone <laughs> gets lost and violent. That's yeah. I saw that one too. Everyone <laughs> rides you like a rented mule. The VR experience. <laughs> oh my god! Take my money. Oh, man. <laughs> just no matter the scenario, it's just Viggo Mortensen in the Aragorn costume. Yeah, <laughs> in in the movie, like the movie as it is now, just right. just paint they can, the the Aragorn costume oh, over him. Man. They can CGI painted onto his previous movies, like so. In, like when he's the devil in prophecy, you know, he's like Aragorn. <laughs> That's that would be jarring. And. And here's the devil, just Aragorn, <laughs> in like his in his like King of Gondor army outfit, outfit from like in front of the Black King. Oh my god! Right, right. Uh, Not in a so, white suit. <laughs> we're from the website duelinggenre.com. Check out uh, immunities, and check out Tasha's work on the Verge, um, and. Also, check out some other Movies by Minutes podcasts um, at moviesbyminutes.com. Uh, funny how that works out. There's a bunch of them. <laughs> there's, like over, there's like over 80 at yeah, this point. Yeah, it's like 84, 85, something like that. Yeah, so there's a lot. <laughs> Special thanks, as always, to our Patreon associate producer, Ed Foster. I hope everyone has a great weekend, and we'll be back on Monday to talk more about Mary Bye. 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 <laughs> find us on Twitter.